Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast. It's over. We are free from watching. Che- we are free from watching eleven mediocre to outstanding footballers. Uh, football about you know. We are free from that for at least two months. Tom, it has been a long nine months. I am joined by you. How are you on this bank holiday Monday morning? Probably about as happy as I've been all season. It's a uh, it's a day of like almost hysteria. It's like what we've been feeling for a long time, like counting down the days. Only one more game of Chelsea left, and now there's no more Chelsea left, and we can finally put that season behind us and look forward. Um, famous last words, basically. I'm already angry with the state of the summer transfer window. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll get there in time. I'm sure, yeah. The Premier League account, I think, two of your day. What's your, what was been your favourite moment of the season? And mine would be the full-time whistle going yesterday at about whatever, sometime around 20 past six. Um, wonderful, wonderful scenes. As always with guests, I get them to give themselves a plug. So Tom, tell people where they can find you and all your work for Football London. Yeah, so uh, at Tom Coley 49 on Twitter, although that comes with the preface that this will now become largely a cricket-orientated Twitter profile for the next couple of months with lots of propaganda thrown in there. And also uh, at Football London um, and Chelsea underscore FL for uh, all the all the work on that. Largely, again, this will now be transfer news updates and, you know, as the rumour mill lets it be. Um, so looking forward to... The new sagas of this year, I wonder who they're going to be. We've had uh, Frankie Dion, we've had Jules Kunde, and uh, I wonder who this year is going to throw in our face. Um, that's a joke. I really don't want this to happen. I'm not looking forward to it that much. So, yeah, anyway, that, that's that's where you can read my stuff and listen to our stuff. Yes, yeah, nice one. Tom's links will be in the description and indeed below. I'd out go off the back of the 12th place Premier League finish to resting my hopes and my dreams of some enjoyment in my life 
on 11 men throwing a ball and trying to hit a ball harder than the opposition for the next couple of months. Don't let me down, England. Anyway, Tom, final two league games of the season are done. We lost and we drew. Let's start at Man United. Ah, conceded over 5xG, lost 4-1. Kind of makes sense. Missed some really good chances as well. Lewis Hall, what does that man have to do to get an assist? I don't know. Uh, we conceded some really poor goals. Wesley Fofana had a stinker. Chelsea just miserable. Ugh, it was just one of those games. I kind of, I'd seen that script so many times. That felt so predictable. Missing an early chance. Conceding a sh- ridiculously soft goal from a set piece. Um, and then, yeah, just missing more chances. Getting, you know, and United taking bears. Just, I'm kind of fed off of saying the story of our season, but sort of the story of our season. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, it, it's the second to last game of the season with nothing to play for away at a team that are celebrating a reasonably decent season. There was nothing really to gain for Chelsea. So there's never too much point in like hammering down on individuals. Um, a lot of people made the pretty obvious comparison between that being Lampard's, you know, Lampard's first game when we went to Old Trafford, played all right with a bunch of kids and lost 4-0. That wasn't a million miles away from it, albeit once it went to 3-0 and once Fafana basically lashed out and gave it all to Bruno Fernandes. Uh, Chelsea just capitulated. But that but that's the story of the season, isn't it? This is a team without much character, much backbone, much fight for the squad. All the things that you don't really want to say because it's not particularly nice about a group of professionals. But, I mean, Frank Lampard's turned on them in a sense. You know, that was probably the most damning interim manager press conference you ever heard afterwards calling out the standards, the lack of training, the drop in mentality that you've probably seen from a manager for a while. It was uh, the interim version of Conte versus Southampton, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean Lewis Hall was probably, probably the, the shining light of the season. I, I, I looked it up yesterday after his cross for Sterling. I think it was in the second half. Um, per 90, he has the second most expected assists in this Chelsea team. Um, which is kind of crazy, uh, albeit with the small sample size. And um, he has 2.3 expected assists without an assist, which is sort of ridiculous, um, especially for a player in his first Premier League season, first like senior year, coming in and out of a completely dysfunctional team and out of position for him as well. It was really, really impressive. And it's sort of good that he's got these minutes, but also on another level, it's like, well, why hasn't he been playing more often but we can say that about a lot of people this season um the the fact that we managed to score against United is almost like almost the fact that we scored is rubbing salt in the wounds because it's like oh look we can be decent every now and then um but again that's sort of Chelsea this season just infuriatingly mediocre yeah and on that goal score Joel Felix Tom why does he have to play games with us why does he have to fuck with our heads bro I'm like, I'm kind of resigned. I'm like, I'm kind of over you. And then I see that goal. And then I kind of even see like that cameo yesterday. And I'm like, "Ah, stop confusing me, man. I saw so many people then going, you see, that's why Jao Felix, that's why we do need Jao Felix, because he can do that. And he just hasn't been in the right system. And I've been like, hold on a minute. For the past two months, we've been saying this bloke shouldn't be playing because he's not good enough and he's not offered anything. That is sort of Jao Felix in a nutshell, isn't it? It's a moment of brilliance, which sort of makes everyone stand up and go, hold on, this bloke can play football. This bloke could be worth the risk. But then for the other couple of months, like, 
you're just like, ah, oh, yeah, maybe he doesn't really fit. Ah, oh, we've got Unkunku coming. A little bit, little bit of a little bit of like a play that you need to carry. And I've been a little bit more, I was especially at the start, I was a bit more lenient on Jao Felix. Um, wanted him, quite liked him for the little moments that he did off the ball that other Chelsea players just weren't doing. That has slowly become less and less the case um, since throughout his stay. I don't think that that goal is going to make much of a difference. Um, but then again, he is also the only player in that Chelsea squad I could imagine scoring that goal, which is pretty bad as well. So I don't really know how it works. I don't see it happening. Um, I don't know. Is is that four four goals on loan? Yeah, for a player you paid past my expectation. To be fair, I thought we'd be lucky to get a couple. So you know, yeah, yeah, like. It's the fact that he just doesn't really look like creating for other people. He's got like he's a little bit like Sam Maximan in the fact that he's got like these dribbles and he can sort of run past players, picks up some really nice positions, but he just doesn't seem to to create much. He's never like laying passes on for players and things like that. I don't think he's particularly the type of player that Chelsea need to build around. But it's been fun sort of watching him and having something else to argue about over the you know the past five months anyway, isn't it? Yeah, a, a good talking point. Um, yeah, we lost for one. It was pretty rubbish. Uh, and what did what did people do when you know they're upset? They direct their anger at a twenty year old enjoying a night out after a great season on loan at Brighton. Because Tom, that's completely what that's what completely normal rational human beings do, isn't it? This uh, so much vitriol over this. It came out at a bad time. Admittedly, I like laughed people... when I saw the post. I did laugh hard because I went straight to the comments and I was like, "Yes, I, I was secretly <laughs> loving it." I was like, "Poor Levy." When he like yeah. comes back to this in the morning, but also I was like, I'm loving this. I'm loving the meltdown because it's and the, it's funny. I love the fact that he's not taking it down either. Like he is, yeah. he's own he's owning this. Like exactly, I, I quite like that sort of. He's not being bullshitted here. He knows what he's done, and he's like he's sticking with it. And that that's some good character. I, I respect that. Um, you, you I saw the post and I was like, is is this because obviously like the blue ticks not there? And I was like, is that actually is that actually Levi Colwell? Yeah, cheesy, Lord, perfect to make make this a little bit more difficult to work out who's who. Yeah. And then I looked at it and I was like, oh, maybe, maybe it's an old picture. And I was trying to think of reasons this might not have been what we think it is. And then everyone was like, oh, he's holding four fingers up. I mean, that that that's crap, isn't it? Like that, that's yeah. I don't think and that's then, a thing. And then using like things like, oh, Billy's very clear. It's clearly a message. I mean, he would have played in the academy with Billy for a number of years. And I they're mean, both online at Brighton. I'd imagine they're pretty good mates. Is it that looks, like not normal? It looks like they spend an incredible amount of time together. I mean, God knows, they might even live together. I don't know. Um down here on down here by the sea um can't confirm or deny that unfortunately um should have invited me out to the night out i think um but like it it came at a bad time chelsea had just lost everyone was hurting everyone was angry because the season wasn't over and that the players weren't this the players weren't that we didn't learn anything from the match so we'll take it out on a player that 24 hours ago wow this bloke's the next coming of terry of Beckenbauer, Ferdinand, you know, he's better than Saliba, all of that. Levi Cowell is the answer to Pochettino's, like, whatever he needs. He's everything. The team's going to be built around him for years. We've got an absolute gem here. Look at the way he shut down Manchester City. Wow, how good is Levi Cowell? And then the interview with The Athletic comes out, which has undoubtedly been spun slightly, albeit the quote. That's the worst part, like, saying he forgets online. That photo, genuinely, that photo is, like, a non-issue for me. 
Yeah, I, I don't I don't get it. It's like, OK, yes. But actually, it's quite a nice thing that he said. It's like, oh, you know what, actually? This is his first team in the Premier League. Chelsea could have taken yeah. a chance on him last year. He's also year never played a senior game of football for Chelsea and he's been on loan twice. So also it's sort of understandable, if a bit careless. Yeah, like, yeah, like it, 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 it would have been better to not do it. I don't yeah. think he's got too much like actual... He hasn't got too much of a leg to stand on. Then again, that doesn't warrant the reaction. Like Exactly. I actually quite like it's like we, we ask uh, footballers to, to to like show us your personality on social media, show us that you care, show us that you're not just a robot. And then a player does it, and all of a sudden there's absolute backlash. Um, yeah, maybe sort of taking the piss out of your own team shouldn't like shouldn't be the way forward. But like people crying for him to be sold, this is what the clubs come to. This wouldn't have happened in previous years. I'm like, what? How is this? What? He's never. He basically has. I don't even know if he was part of the preseason training last year at all. Like he has nothing in common with any of these players, other than Lewis Hall. Maybe like he's probably the only person he's ever really like been with. It's just funny the fact that people want to jump on something else to get angry at. Um, and like of all the things to get angry about at Chelsea this season, this is where you draw the line. Like I'm like, seeing people, see people, I saw people going like, I'm more annoyed about this than the Man United result. And I'm like, really? Like, like really? Like, just give up. Exactly. The season's dead. You say that you don't want to care about the season, but then proceed to get increasingly agitated by everything that happens within the season. You can't have your cake and eat it, and a lot of people are trying to put out this happy-go-lucky, oh, it doesn't really matter, whilst also sending anger and abuse towards anything that happens at Chelsea, like the players haven't already given up. Rightly or wrongly, it's done. It's over. Yeah, no, exactly. Look, a 20-year-old had a brilliant night out with a mate. I don't know about you people. I also tend to have brilliant nights out with my mates when I'm out, uh, you know, so no big deal. And you tweet, people tweet questionable things. I mean, Reese James's Instagram is, you know, like cryptic messages here, there and everywhere. It's a little oh, bit... Yeah, everyone, everyone now referring back to a, a message from like months ago being an indirect dig at like Mason Mount or whatever. Like, okay, people. Like, yeah, like... We don't know what goes on in Reese James's head. The same way that when Levi Colwell puts that post up, I doubt he's thinking, oh yeah, I'm just going to deliberately go and annoy the Chelsea fans by doing this. Like... Like everything meaningful up until that point that came out was Levi Cole was a big part of Chelsea's future. There are lots of people that rate him as they should do. He's a really good player. But like this, are you really going to try and end this bloke's career? Are you really going to ruin your Thursday night before a bank holiday weekend because a 20 year old got had too many drinks or tweeted something like really? Are we actually doing that? Yeah. People do not, better. Do better, not, people. Not, yeah, like I, I was happy to see that there were a couple of people that like to like Alex Goldberg took that stance very strongly. I know he's very pro Levi Colwell, um, but it's also like whatever you think about like Alex, and I don't know why we're talking about him really or that much, but it's like a sane stance because he's a young lad enjoying an aisle, and you can't tell me that these people getting have also been young lads who have enjoyed nights out and have also maybe posted or t- posted something like silly in like the heat of the time i don't even think the post is that silly people are annoyed because he's replying to a brighton what journalist or yeah. fan or whatever but like he's not said like, anything in that there's nothing in that photo or in that reply that goes to me it disrespects chelsea other than the fact that the timing of it coincides with chelsea losing a game of football 
like and also like as you said nick like here is a player that has literally no ties to this chelsea first team he doesn't like like we can make it up ah oh, he should be trying to hold himself to high standards whatever as much as we like he, he is nearly out played, the door in this summer as i say he's not played a senior game for the club and he's tweeted saying that he's having a brilliant night he can have a brilliant night. I do not want every Chelsea loanee to be yeah. out there going, oh, you know what, actually, I can't have a good night because Chelsea have just lost. Like, oh, no. Exactly. Like, it's just crap, the way that people reacted to it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yep. Indeed, indeed. Anyway, we'll move on. Tom, Newcastle United, final game of the season. Ah, we still couldn't get that win at home under Frank Lampard in the Premier League. Not for one of trying, though. Jeez, how many chances did we miss? Again, some might say it's the story of our season. Um, conceded a really pathetic opening goal. Like, that goal we conceded was genuinely abysmal. Like, oh my, my God. gosh, that was awful. So I was watching it extremely legally. Um, yes. So I I had some psychic powers and I knew that um, the, the Newcastle were going to score. I'd heard it on the grapevine um, via a little birdie called Twitter. And so I then turned to watch the game on my laptop. And uh, all of a sudden, I couldn't quite believe how they had ended up with uh, Anthony Gordon sort of one-on-one with Kepper from a cutback. And I... I watched it again. It, I mean, it was it was it was woeful. You've got Chalobah and Aspelaqueta both going towards the ball. The bloke with the cross, um, whoever crossed it in on the left hand side, Aspelaqueta didn't really read Chalobah, and he didn't at all sort of cover the way he was supposed to. Thiago Silva was left in the middle. Kepa didn't really know what to do. It was pretty embarrassing. And a season of conceding comical goals. I mean. We've got the one at Arsenal a couple of weeks ago. That was right up there in terms of being an absolute calamity. But that was, yeah. I mean, it was a relatively entertaining end of season game. Yeah, it was um, good, good vibes, like, you know. Not both teams. Newcastle certainly in the first half had missed chances. Yeah. I think Newcastle probably like calmed down in the second half a bit. They've sort of we got more into it. They were just like a, quite an open end of season game. Just good vibes. Newcastle started strongly and it was good fun. It was a little bit end-to-end. Chelsea and Sterling then proceeded to have lots and lots and lots of chances, sort of half chances, misses here, misses there, misses everywhere. It was it was decent fun. You're not going to read anything into it. Uh, what I will say, and it, this will go down pretty badly with uh, Jam especially, is that what we are seeing in Raheem Sterling, who is going to, I think top our goals and assists for the season in terms of combined. Um, 
is that even in a bad team, he is still basically manages to produce output, which I think is quite a big positive heading into next season. I know a lot of people don't like it, um, but when you've got somebody like Raheem Sterling, um, you basically judge him on his output and not the aesthetics and what he looks like and what he's shown in the past couple of weeks, scoring a couple against Nottingham Forest, albeit it's boosted his numbers. And that is obviously an own goal, uh, Kieran Trippier, is that um, there is something to work with there, uh, even in Chelsea's sort of plight at the moment. And uh, that game showed it to some extent. Uh, you know, you got Lewis Hall looking quite nice. More minutes for Trevor Chalaber, whether he's here or not. It was a little bit of a strange game. You know, Conor Gallagher looking quite bright. Yeah, there's nothing really to read into. I was just happy. I'm happy to see, of all the attackers, basically, other than Madueke, who, again, I thought was really bright. Um, if players are going to start getting the goals and assists or we're going to, record them towards the end of the season. I'm happy for it to be Sterling because I think he's a player that can be really important still going forward for Chelsea because in this team of babies and young kids, Raheem Sterling does have basically pretty invaluable experience at the top level that can be really, really useful. And I'm sure he's a player that Pochettino will hang his hat on and be extremely keen to to get the most out of. And I can see Sterling really buying into it as well after basically a year from hell, leaving Pep Guardiola taking on 18 different managers at Chelsea, like it would be pretty good for him to be reinvigorated by Pochettino. Um, So I'm pretty excited by that. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Maybe this is potentially his Pedro 15-16 style season and we're going to, you know, we're going to have a bounce back the following season. You know, signs of a player there. And yeah, we'll see. It was, yeah. Um, Tom, it was a day seemingly of farewells. We don't know for certain, you know, as Plaquetta got a lovely display beforehand, we still don't know what will be with him because he's still got a year left. Yeah. Um, but one player that it did seem it was an obvious goodbye for was Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Uh, standing ovation as he left the pitch. It's Ruben Loftus-Cheek, fair play to him. I think good good for him to move on for the sake of his career. And it's supposedly AC Milan, which is a pretty good Good club for him to go to. And also, I guess I credit him to to have been able to have the career he's had post that injury, really, but really did turn his world upside down. 100%. I'm, I'm, I, I mean, it, it's not unpopular or anything like that on Common, but I'm a really big fan of Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Um, he was sort of a bit of a flag bearer, I guess, for the academy at a time when nobody else really seemed to come through. You know, you've got a period when it was almost only him. There was talk of like Dominic Solanke around that age group. And then Nathaniel Chalaber came through just after Loftus-Cheek in a sense. And it was always weird seeing him alongside Mason Mount, Reese James, Tammy Abraham, Fikayo Tamori, because he was like, you know, that much, that bit much older and he has always been happy to play this sort of bit part role. I mean, last season he played like 30 games, became integral at parts. And this season he started the year really well playing that sort of right back, right wing back, right winger, centre mid sort of mess of a position that Tuchel put him in. And he was brilliant for it. And in an ideal world, I think there's, there's absolutely a place for Ruben Loftus-Cheek at Chelsea next season. Um, but he has also earned the right to decide what he wants to do. It's absolutely fair enough. He's been shipped out on loan and messed about by 
a previous completely different iteration of Chelsea. Um, and I think everybody just wants to see him be happy. And it's nice, actually, that he hasn't... I mean, he's had a couple of injury knocks this season, but by and large, he's sort of been there or thereabouts. And there's been another player that's sort of been victim to the change because he's never really managed to assert himself as first choice when a new manager comes in. Like, even under Sarri, it took a little while for him, you know, to start to start playing games. It was him and Callum Hudson-Odoi that everyone wanted to see. So it's like... Really, really nice to see that Ruben level player because there are people that over the years will have said, "Oh, he's, he, he, Palace is his level," or and you know Fulham is his level. But really, no, he is a Champions League level player, and I think he will go on to be extremely useful for AC Milan. And it's really good to see that he got the farewell because it is really important that you don't lose that because I don't think it'll have been an easy decision for Loftus Cheek this summer. I really don't. Um, you know, to leave the club. Because we've got, in my mind, like Conor Gallagher's almost like the next Ruben Loftus-Cheek. It's like he can stay at the club as long as he wants, basically, because he loves the club. He will want to stay. And when he says, no, it's time for me to go in search of, you know, new options and new ambitions, well, that's also fine. Um, and I think it's really fitting that he, he sort of managed to actually get a send-off uh, yesterday because... It, as I say, it's important you don't lose that sort of connection. You don't just let these things sort of go on. Meanwhile, you've got Mateo Kovacic coming on the pitch, probably his last game. Cesar Azpilicueta, as you say, potentially his last game. Like lots of players that you're just like, oh, yeah, wonder if that was it. Probably was. Yeah. Oh, no. It should be end again. Oh. Like Just like, yeah, there you go. Oh, no. Anyway. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. No, it was nice for, nice for Ruben. That was, you know, a, a nice moment. From yesterday, uh, Mason Mount, uh, he's... Don't do it to me. I don't... Again, his Instagram post, it didn't seem like... His, his post did not seem anything conclusive. It no, was just oh, saying no. it's a difficult season. Um, we're fun. hearing contract it... talks are going to resume in the summer, so who knows? You know, despite it's... everyone saying it's Man United, he's off to... Ah, I don't know. It was... Yeah, that must have been weird for him yesterday as well. It's far from a goodbye, and... I mean, there have been people saying, um, you know, oh, he was crying and all of this. Well, I mean, as a player like Mason Mount, like he is going to take this sort of season worse than others. Like it's going to be emotional to leave the pitch anyway. He knows, he knows that there's now probably a bigger chance that that is the last time he's at Stamford Bridge as a Chelsea player than, than it's not effectively. And everybody sort of knew it. And I I think I, from the Real Madrid game, there was a video, he, he was doing his thing where he was once again last off, pretty much the last off clapping all the fans. Yeah. And I said, you know, if he has played his last Chelsea game, it's really sad that it's, that it's ended like this. And it is sad that if this is it, it has ended like this. Number one, that he's not got a real send-off because I think the match going fans would absolutely give him one. Or there'd be, you know, you'd get the resounding Mason Mount, we want you to stay, that sort of thing. Even though I don't, I can't think of a single time when a ex-player, ex-manager, we want you to say chant has actually worked and the, they have then gone on to stay. Um, it's usually way past that. I'm not letting myself think that Mason Mount is done yet. I'm holding up hope that something can turn around and that basically once we get to the summer, They'll just be like, you know what, actually, Mason, you are far too important. We cannot let you go. Here is a big offer. 
I just don't want this to drag on, but it probably yeah. will because this could very much be a sense of, you know, go away for your holiday. I'm sure talks will happen then with other clubs, with Chelsea. And then you've got coming back, how quickly can Pochettino make an impact? I'm sure he'll be on the blower to him pretty quickly speaking about, you know, what, what the position is basically sorting things out. If that's not already happened, the chances are that's already happened. Pochettino has got the club side of things saying, yeah, look, we're in talks, but, and you've got the Mount side of things saying, yeah, we're sort of in talks, but I'm pissed off that sort of thing. It's a terrible way. And it's been really badly managed. And there's never going to be any hard feelings with Mason Mount is there. If, if, if he is to leave, it's going to be really, really sad, but it's not going to be a, uh, we're angry at you. I just hope that that's not the last we see of him as a Chelsea player. I, I, re- like, I really, really do. But it's hard not to see it as being that way. Indeed. Indeed. Um, Tom, let's talk Poch because, I mean, I think we've talked about him. I've basically talked about him for weeks on the pod, getting everyone's thoughts in. And I think I've probably got your thoughts after Madrid because, that, yes, that was if that was when Nagelsmann pulled out the race and Poch became the front runner. I mean, it, you know, we kind of got told it's been done for ages. And then, like, a, couple, a day or two ago, we got the official, like, here we go. Like, it's, like, it's official. It's all, like, deal yeah. signed. And then they're just waiting it to be signed. I think it's probably... I think they're waiting to announce because of, like, gardening leave of PSG or something like It's going to be announced later. It's, like, it's first of... People are saying, like, 1st of June or 2nd of June, whatever. Yeah. So, Poch, I know you were big on him. So, just thoughts, feelings, excited? Uh, yeah, that, no, I am. I mean, it's it sort of died down now. I mean, there, there was the period straight after the agreement that was like daily propaganda of Mauricio Pochettino. And then it was like, oh, wait, yeah, this is just sort of now bubbling on in the background. Um, have you seen the, the Mr. Bean, um, the Mr. Bean, Mr. Bean's holiday and the, and the film that's shown by the bloke who's sort of premier, he sort of like breaks into. And it's basically just a bloke on an escalator and it just says waiting 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 and that is exactly what it's been it's like it's not it's like been like in limbo and like purgatory for this because it's like well does the announcement really matter i mean there were people that were a bit paranoid that something here was going to go wrong what if the results get worse what if madrid actually make a decision all of that ever since you actually get the agreement that that's not really a thing um no i'm really excited but so much of this hangs on what actually happens in the summer window. Mauricio Pochettino is a really good manager. He's a really good coach. He will manage to change the mentality of a squad. He will have a really good impact on a lot of young players. There's a lot at Chelsea that fits with Pochettino and makes for good reading. And I think the general reaction from pundits uh, gives off that sense. There's a lot of positivity that actually Chelsea could turn things around pretty quickly. Like, in my head, I'd be pretty shocked if Chelsea weren't challenging for the top four again next season. I'm not saying they have to get in there. There's too many teams now that want to get in the top four for almost anybody other than Man City to be a sure bet. So but I'd be surprised if Chelsea weren't in and around the group really competing for the Champions League next season. Um, but a lot of it, a lot of it matters about how many players they can sell this summer. You cannot give Pochettino a group of players where five or six of them don't want to be at the club. You know, if he's still having to deal with Christian Pulisic or Hakim Ziyech, Pierre-Emerick or Bamiang, even, even Cesar Azpilicueta and players like that, Mateo Kovacic, 
there has to be a real, real gutting this season. And I have a feeling that even if the players aren't sold by the time we go to pre-season, Pochettino will basically make an effective bomb squad like he did at Tottenham and he will leave out those players and he will make the stance very, very clear. And that is what we needed last summer, in my opinion. It's what Chelsea got completely wrong last summer. And I, th- if things go well and if Chelsea get this summer right, things under Pochettino can be pretty good pretty quickly, I would say. And... He brings a style of football which is going to excite fans. It's going to get people on board. It's going to be quite gung-ho, energetic, dynamic, high-pressing, entertaining. It's not going to be possession for possession's sake. It's not going to be tactics for tactics' sake. It's not going to be too positional that people get bored watching Chelsea play football, as even happened under the best of Thomas Tuchel. Let's remind ourselves of that once more. Um, it's It's good. But like any Chelsea manager, he's basically at the whim of the transfer window, right? Um, and that's a worry because there's a lot to do. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, Tom, farewell to Frank Lampard. The interim spell comes to an end. I don't, I can now get away from hearing people just trash him again, which is quite nice. Like, cool, we get it. You don't think he's a great manager. You don't have to fucking ram it down our throats all the time, people. Um, comes to an end. One win, two draws. I think eight defeats in the league, whatever. Oof. Um, you know, went from 11th to 12th. Oh, no. What a disaster. <laughs> what an absolute disaster. Not like our season was already over before we came in. Uh, crashed out for Champions League to Real Madrid. Oh, no. Who would have got us through that time? Anyway, just a weird, weird time. I think... I, I don't think Frank would regret it. I think he... Understandably, he also probably didn't learn mine. And I'd imagine he's probably wondered, God, how have I got a group that I like less than I did the first time? Potentially by the end. Um... A weird time, missed opportunities perhaps sometimes, but it just something that happened. And just the main thing is just thanks for coming in and thanks for, you know, putting a plaster on this absolute or doing the best you can to put a plaster on this absolute mess. I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. It's more like just like thank you and goodbye, but we never got to do the first time. That's really all I cared about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess if you need to justify the decision, which results absolutely don't. Um, if Graham Potter had stayed, then things would have turned really, really, really toxic. Even though results might have been slightly better, I can't imagine even Graham Potter's really bad Chelsea would have the same run of terrible results that Lampard had. I can't imagine they would be much better either. Like Chelsea weren't going to beat Real Madrid. They probably weren't going to beat Man City, Arsenal, Manchester United or Newcastle either. Or all of a sudden there's six games, you know, gone. But maybe he would have done slightly better against Brentford and things like that. The only thing is like Lampard gave fans a reason basically to sort of be like, oh, yeah, it's Frank Lampard. Like that, that's OK for the position Chelsea got themselves into. That was OK. It's embarrassing to be in that position, but to get yourselves into that position. OK, yeah, we'll accept this. And yeah. No one's ever gonna in a in a in the worst probably season proportionally than any other in Chelsea's history. Um singing Super Frank at the end of a game is is never gonna tire, isn't it? It's not a bad way to go out exactly, is it? Um We thank Frank Lampard because I don't know if there are many other people at many other clubs, even in a similar position, that would have done the same thing. Um quite a big thing for a manager to pretty much openly take a hit on their managerial career 
I mean, I'm not convinced Lampard had much of a Champions League, Champions League qualifying top four career left in him anyway. Um, and people will hammer the way he set up a defence and all of that. Doesn't really matter. It's all besides the point. Um, I don't know if managing a group of 33, 32 players that are massively overpaid, massively spoiled and in absolute turmoil is going to massively impact Frank Lampard's chances of getting a job any better than it was when he left Everton. I don't think that's actually really much much of the case. Mm. Um, anybody with much of a brain can sort of analyse that and be like, okay, we can sort of write that off, to be fair. It was typical Frank Lampard. He didn't, he didn't pull any punches. People wanted to see more of the youth. But perhaps the fact that he's actually highlighted that there are bigger issues than just uh, who, you know, who's being played. Like the thing with Chukwemeka is that he basically hinted that Chukwemeka was training really badly for the first two months. There's something there to learn for Chelsea and for Chelsea fans uh, to take with them. Frank Lampard, especially in the last week, has been very, very open about the state of the club, about where it needs to go. And that's something that, you don't get with other managers, other people that haven't been there and done it. Not to get into the whole standards thing, but Frank Lampard won't put up with things that aren't the tip top. Um, and he didn't really lie about the fact that he wasn't here just to play the youth, just because they're the youth, that sort of thing. It was frustrating. People were angry. But being angry at Frank Lampard, it's not really his fault. He's come into this job with very, very little to gain. And he's tried his best to get what he can out of it. Maybe some people can question decisions he's made. Yes. But all it really shows is just how bad things have got at Chelsea. And I think we knew that. So thank you, Frank Lampard, for walking into something that Maurizio Pochettino, Julian Nagelsmann, Luis Enrique, any other manager was never going to in the middle of the season. That was not going to happen. And... Thank God it didn't, by the way, because if it if any manager had walked in, then it would have been an absolute disaster and probably would have ruined their Chelsea career as a manager before it started. So you can thank Frank Lampard for being the battered shield um, right now because he's protected Pochettino and he's protected the future Chelsea coach whilst also calling out things that I think everybody sort of knew, but people like Graham Potter weren't going to. Um, and as you say, Nick, it's hard to be angry at Frank Lampard, right? Yeah, exactly. And I said, like, he he was, you know, previous coaches who were better than him had struggled. Like, what are you kind of expecting? Like, genuinely, my expectations were not much. I thought we might get win a couple more games. We did. We didn't. That's like, this squad has also, you know, you know, been awful for and played awful for a long time. So it is what it is. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, before we go, Tom, I'll just get your thoughts on a chaotic season at Chelsea. There's so many things that happened this season, but I'm generally going, oh yeah, that was this season indeed. Like, I forget, like, Cristiano Ronaldo was a Manchester United player this season. But Antonio Conte and Thomas Tuchel fight did happen on the second game of the season. And both are gone and neither club made any form of European football. Um, just a, a crazy, bizarre season. Your take on it? Yeah, it's like I said to you before we came on that it was, I mean, considerably worse than the 15-16 season because there was almost literally no highlights to this season. Anything that could have been positive was, you know, squashed out. You know, you've got that Spurs game. Could have been a 2-1 brilliant win, second game of the season. How different things may have been. Um no, two all draw. That Manchester United win, that would have been nice, wouldn't it? No, one all draw. You know, and then after that, there's almost no high points. Borussia Dortmund, and it's the home leg, and then that is it. Any chance of Real Madrid is effectively snuffed out within, well, fifteen minutes either side of half time. Basically, that game, that game, that game was never winnable. In fifteen sixteen, we stopped Tottenham from winning the league. It was a team of players that had just won the league. And we also beat Arsenal home and away and and things like that. This year was just absolutely woeful. Um, Chelsea have just been sort of like palmed off like, oh, yeah, they're still there. Like I was watching all the highlights packages, you know, that we've got for the end of the season. I don't remember seeing anything that wasn't the Tuchel-Conte handshake. Like there's nothing footballing worthy really for Chelsea this season. They scored that few goals been involved in games without goals, particularly. Chelsea have just been like a part of this season, but not really done anything with it. They're like a side member of the cast, you know, like I don't. Yeah, we've occasionally been sort of like, that's like, it's all like the butt of a joke. Yeah. And then it's like, that's it. We're almost like Gunter in Friends, rest in peace. But like, he's just there. <laughs> like, he's just there. And like, occasionally, this sort of like a joke sort of made in his direction. But we're just there in the background. Yeah. Like, we're well, sort of there for people's expense, but we're not like prolific enough to actually be anything more. Yeah. Like, in the new Suicide Squad. Uh, no, not Suicide Squad. Sorry. In the in the new Glass Onion, um, the bloke on the bit, the bloke who lives in. Uh, in in the house basically looks homeless and just sort of appears every like I don't know 20-25 minutes and just sort of comes up and says oh by the way hi I'm still here that's Chelsea this season it's like we have to play a big team to remind people that we're sort of relevant but we're just Chelsea haven't been relevant this season for pretty much all of it Um, I don't think it can get worse Um, I am very happy to forget this I don't think I saw a good tweet actually from CFC Daily um, saying that there are players in this squad that have probably played their last game that we have not been happy with for this season. You know, Mateo Kovacic, Cesar Azpilicueta, Kai Havertz, potentially. Um, These players have still had good moments for Chelsea and there's no need to hammer them and to send them on their way with the finger out the door and things like that. 
it's not worked out for Chelsea and they've all been part of wider failures, recruitment, lack of planning and all of that sort of thing. Um, I don't like getting angry at players particularly because I don't, I think that sort of misses the point. Um, blaming just players. It's just been an absolute catastrophe from start to finish. I'm still optimistic. I tend to be optimistic in general about the future of the club. I, for as much as the ownership have been rightly hammered for their bad decisions, I almost sort of applaud them for trying to make decisions. I know that that's really, really weak, but I always come back to last summer, if they'd have come in and not signed anybody, people would have been like, oh, here we go. We've got an American group that aren't willing to put their hands in the pockets. What have we done? Instead, they tried. It's not good enough. It's not been good enough. The decisions have been terrible. Chelsea are going to pay for them, I think, heading into the future. Financially, it's going to look really bad. But it's been an almost, if something's going to go wrong, everything's going to go wrong this season, which gives me hope that we're running out of things that can go wrong next season. Um, just this season, man, it's it's been ridiculously long. And I can't remember a season being written off as, as early as this one has. Like, as you say, like into 2015, 16, we're obviously like vaguely actually fighting relegation over Christmas. And then we almost put together... Under Hiddink, it was like, oh, actually, we could almost, if we put together a run of results here. But this isn't just never happened. We were basically like the mid-table Southampton, where we just like never actually got on a run, um, which is just terrible. I don't think this season will be remembered, not just because it's been bad, but also because it just hasn't really had any sort of moments to it. And I think it's best that way. We put it to the side and act like it didn't happen. As long as it doesn't repeat, um, which I don't think it will. You can learn a lot from this season. Um, Wow, it happened. It did actually happen. Chelsea, did we finish 13th? Was it 13th or 12th? 12th, yay, 12th. And it just seemed that way as well, like 12th. The the biggest the biggest drop off in points since last season thirty points difference is is just crazy. <laughs> it's ten wins, ten whole wins. We do we win like eleven games this season in total? Ridiculous, yep. actually ridiculous, really. Yeah. Uh, um, on we... to better things. I think there could be excitement heading into next season. Get the summer right, as I said. Get the summer right. Do things well, and there could be. Pretty cautious optimism in the first home game of next season under Mauricio Pochettino. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Indeed. We did get one more point at home this season than we did in the 15-16 season. Six wins to five there, but we did lose one more game there. Yeah, it was just abysmal. We did outscore Erling Haaland. <laughs> so, you know, we? we got that one over the line. Yeah, 38 to his 36. Um Impressive. I, yeah, I've been looking at this for uh, benching him. I think and you know take the city going off a ball a bit in the last two did, games, but we appreciate nonetheless. Did you see the the Trippier stat from yesterday? Well, he's our third. He's our jo- joint third, top, third scorer. top scorer at home. And I looked yeah. it up and I thought that can't be right. And it actually is. Only Havertz and Sterling have scored more than one home Premier League goal this season. <laughs> yeah. Only yeah. that's that to me is crazy. That might be the 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 worst one of them all because I've been looking up all season like players that you didn't expect to have more goals than Chelsea's top scorer I mean Sterling's double against Forrest sort of puts it to shame but you've got people like Pascal Kroos I think Evan Ferguson 
Um, I mean, Granite Shaka's got seven, so he'd be second top scorer. Um, God, what else? I mean, Awaniyi. What is that? Is that is that how you say it? Um, yeah. From from Forest, like his double as well. Like, it, just crazy. These sorts of things. Just a lack of memories at all. Twenty home goals we scored in the Premier League this season. Manchester City scored sixty. Like, oh, oh my! Can I ask what your low point for the season was? Uh okay. Well, we'll get on to it next week when I do the awards. But Tom, you get people getting on to it. So they already know. People, people are gonna like. Some people will hate this because it'd be like you're still blaming Tuchel, but Leeds three 0 is still the worst result of the season for me. Yeah, that's still like the worst thing to happen this season. Like, yes, Southampton doing a double over us is bad. Like anything that happened under Lampard, as bad as it got, doesn't count for me because the season was gone and there was yeah, no cause hope. Because it, it, like, it was essentially point. all meaningless. Under Potter, there were bad moments, but Leeds three 0 I'll tell you why I say Leeds three 0 and I again, I'll just repeat this next week. But I actually sort of like had I I went into that game with hope because we won away at Everton, which we never do. And yes, we were annoyed and we were outraged that we got done over by VAR against Spurs. But we played really well. And that was something we'd not seen just yeah. play for a while. And we had four points from two games after a difficult start. And you thought, those are probably our two trickiest games out the way at the start of the season. And you thought, here's a chance to kick on. We then play Leeds. We absolutely capitulate. Koulibaly gets sent off. The first sign that maybe he's not actually the player we thought we signed. We were really pathetic. And that kind of set the tone and started really what was to come like yeah i could honestly people go my three lowest points but generally those first three defeats we had this season southampton away was also pathetic but we went one nil up and then just lost it and were only lost two one that, and then that Zagreb was, was genuinely abysmal as well that was the first time i think the southampton game southampton, was... southampton at the time i tweeted like you know that images in the rear view mirror seem closer than they appear and i yeah. tweet that's the first time i tweeted the 15 16 season yeah, I'd like, seen I'd early. seen it before. Say, that I'd was... seen this story before. <laughs> the Leeds, Leeds game. See, Leeds at the time, I would have been willing to go. It's one off. Chelsea have this one freak result a season. Yeah. but it was too early for that. Yeah, that, that's too early enough. to have that result. I was it's... too positive at that point. I know other people were very much like, as you say, like almost in catastrophe mode and like, oh, this has been coming. The preseason was dreadful. I was still a little bit naive, I think. But that Southampton game worried me. Like I was yeah. like, oh, oh yeah. no, Leeds, we're, Leeds, we're, in, we're in trouble here. Yeah. No, at least to be fair, I was probably like, I'd have been probably more willing to like let it go if we then like bounce back from it. But we like, we scraped past Leicester and granted it was with 10 men and you can say we showed some character. But then we then immediately go and lose to Southampton. We then scrape by and get incredibly lucky with VAR against West Ham and win 2-1. Very lucky game there where we're just not very good. And then we lose Zagreb. Like, I know Potter then comes in and there's an uptick, etc. And I'll get get into the season review. And then it all goes drastically downhill. But, like, for me, still the worst result is that Leeds result at the beginning of the season because that was genuinely visible. It's also Leeds, which, you know, is a rivalry, is a game that means something to fans. I know to some, some fans it won't mean that much and they won't get rather I mean Chelsea's admin tweeted taking the mick out of Leeds from you know shameless. when they beat us 3-0 absolutely shameless but, but it's just one of those like that was my worst that was sort of the worst match season worst moment of the season I mean worst moment of the season I could easily just say Potter being sat because it's not that it was a bad decision but that was just for me resignation that the season was over that mm. there was nothing else to play for and this project was over and that essentially everything had been felt almost meaningless but we'd watched for however many months. There was nothing good to come of it. 
and that the season was over, there was nothing to gain and you were just like waiting for it all to end. Like even with Potter as bad as he got, I was still looking out for things. I stopped looking out for anything when like he left because like, there's no future to it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah. That, that, I'm it tempted was like... to say, but but I don't think it was necessarily the wrong decision to sack him. So I, it's kind of hard for me to say that was the worst moment, but in a way it was. But no, I'm probably looking at Leeds as the worst. No, that's fair enough. I I like that, as I say, because as it was like, as I say, like this season was a write-off from such an early moment. It's like that Leeds game was like, oh dear, this is something we've not... Like, is that whole Tuchel first 50 games, second 50 games... And that was like the absolute capitulation. Yeah, that, and the thing is, it's that not that had almost like, that yeah. had been coming. That had almost like, been coming because people like forget like the back end of the season before was really bad. Like yeah. we'd done quite well, and then basically everything post Real Madrid was a disaster. Like that ex in the Champions League was a disaster, and look, that's not the reason why this season is just where it is. And I'm not just trying to put blame on Tuchel because a lot of men have come since, and there's an opportunity to rectify the situation. But the signs were there. Like I think we we won like. We won two of our last eight league games last season or something. Yeah, it was like, like get, getting hammered by Brentford after the Real Madrid game just completely went off the boil. Yeah, we lost to... Yeah, because we lost to Brentford. Then that's before the Madrid first leg. Then lose Madrid first leg. Beat Southampton 6-0. Go out in, like, you know, good effort against Madrid. But then, like, we beat Pazman. I think we, like, we lose to Arsenal 4-2 at home. Again, beat, yeah. yeah. Another game under, beat, under the lights. We then scraped past West Ham with a last-minute penalty. Uh, not last minute penalty, last minute winner after a missed penalty. Newcastle as well did the same thing, played terribly and sort of scraped that, a yeah, win. Yeah, that was a while before. Was but it? Then I, Newcastle, I, Newcastle, I classify a bit different from that season because that was sort of while the sanctions were going on and there was still Chelsea'd like one, like was that Chelsea like grinding out another result? So I was like, that's a bit different because that was sort of before we really dropped off. But because that was before the Lille second leg, I think. So that's still, that's like a while ago. It absolutely baffles me. Like, but yeah, yeah in general, like the decline had been coming. We kind of seen it. It was coming like whatever people say, whatever Rose Tinder Glass of Vivi Vitugwear under, and you know, fair play, do it for you. We did reach two cup finals that season. We did also lose both of them, albeit on penalties. But the signs were there that, you know, this team was not the same that we'd seen in those first six months of Tuchel from January to November. The signs were there. And I was worried in pre-season. I said on the season preview podcast, it feels tense around Chelsea. Pre-season was not good. Tuchel couldn't guarantee this squad would be ready for the start of the season. And the season and I was already, I was kind of just on, on edge from that because I was kind of like, well, if that's the coach saying it, I'm kind of waiting to be proved wrong. And I never really got proved wrong on that. No, we didn't. Then, yeah. Like there were, you kind of like to try to take the signs from the first two games, grinding out a win at Goodison, even if our only shot on target or something was like a Jorginho penalty or one of our only shots on target was a Jorginho penalty. Everton had no centre forward. Like we won one nil. It wasn't great. And then Spurs where we played well, but conceded poor goals didn't take our chances, but you were like, okay, build. And we never built from it. And Leeds, that's why it probably Leeds is, I mean, again, for people, it'll be different. Leeds is a worse me because that was like, okay, that was an opportunity. That was an opportunity to build and get off to a good start because it said this, this could have been different. But Leeds, and, and Tom, as you mentioned, I could also have Man United conceded about Casemiro Kreiser because who knows, that could have been different. That would have been that statement win as well. We've got those sliding doors moments throughout the There's season. so many but, sliding doors moments, but, but yeah, Leeds is also- definitely the worst for me. Ultimately, it's like if they did, they would have again. It's the whole papering over cracks Correct. thing, yeah. isn't it? And that has then very much been got kicked down the road a bit. Longer, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that was just an accident waiting to happen. Pretty much, yeah. this this season was almost an accident waiting to happen. Some people will say it's been coming for years on end. It doesn't, whether it's that deep or not, it doesn't matter. It has happened, and possibly deservedly so. Yep. Yeah, so indeed, there you go. Worst moment. Worst moment. Leads away. 
best moment because it's the only one Dortmund you know um Milan was Milan was nice but it was a group stages and they had players injured and Tomori got sent off and they're not very good yeah but, <laughs> Champions League semi-final despite not being very good um but yeah that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up Tom thank you for coming on thank you for all the time you've been up on the pod this season providing I can get Adam and Daniel on from the season review <laughs> that will be you done uh for, for the season so thank you Give yourself one last plug where people can find you. No, thank you, Nick. It's been uh, often a cathartic process um, throughout the season. I would do anything to take back our scrappy wins that we used to have um, in the first couple of years of podcasts. Uh, yeah, so once again, at Tom Coley 49 for basically a cricket going to become a cricket page uh, heading into the summer, um, but also all of the football London articles, transfer coverage, um, Pochettino propaganda as well that'll be incoming um and at Chelsea underscore football London for all of the pieces uh there thank you very much Nick it's been uh wonderful listening to you for the whole season it's uh always quite a nice point because you get, get such good guests on that bring balance and it's always a nice listen because you're like I, I tend to get less heated than than some people and some people yeah, like some, I, think the, I think that's a vibe we try and give off yeah. Sometimes you night you just need to listen to other people being angry and other viewpoints and you get a really good balance on here and uh, especially when it's when things are going badly which you know they have done this season for Chelsea um it's nice to listen to a podcast where things aren't too doom and gloom where it's a little bit comedic it's a little bit pop culture a bit different and it's exactly. it's really nice to listen to that rather than just the sort of pure anger that you get on the timeline which can be inescapable um so that's really nice so, so thank you for bringing that my way as well no my pleasure my pleasure right people as i said your pain is not over yet there is a season reviews to do i will get try and get around to sorting that in the next couple of weeks that's going to be a fun hour and a bit looking back at this season car You've listened to a whole season's worth of episodes and you're going to get one more talking about that whole season. But we have spending basically nine months discussing, aren't you guys? Very, very lucky. Yeah. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please leave a rating and a review. We're on Twitter at ChelseaPod, Instagram at ChelseaPod, and all your usual podcast platform providers. Until the next episode, folks, cheerio. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.